It is definitely a privilege and a pleasure to be here this morning at Buckingham Baptist Church. And uh, it's good to be in Florida. Back home in West Virginia, it was about, to got down to about eight degrees last night, I think. And uh, we've got about five or six inches of snow on the ground. Supposed to have a real warming trend. Supposed to get up in the 40s there this week, though, so uh, that'll warm up a lot. For those of you who may not know, uh, I'm uh, your pastor's dad. He's my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, and uh, we are uh, we are thankful that God called him here. Got to admit to you that I wasn't too appreciative right when they first did it. You know, right when you first did it. Um, I got over that in about 30 seconds. You know, they they were about 300 miles from us, and we were able to go up. We had a little condo up north, and we were able to go up there and wrestle the grandkids about a week out of every month, and then he moves 1,005 miles away from home, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, God, why couldn't you call him to South Carolina or something, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I gave him and his sister to God on the days that they were born. And I said, they're yours, they're not mine, you do with them as you will. And what makes us feel so good, especially being here, and I love your church, by the way, and I've got to meet and fellowship with a lot of the folks here, but it's easy to love a people that loves your kids, you know, and I know you love your pastor and his family, and it makes us feel really well being that far from home to know that, but... It's a privilege and a, and a pleasure to be here. Um, uh, Greg uh, Sr. asked me if we'd thought about maybe relocating here. I don't know if we could relocate here if John and Greg and I might not get in some big trouble down here. I don't know. So maybe it'd be better off if we just visited on a semi-regular basis, you know. We, uh, we came down here the 1st of uh, January, and we'll be here till the last day of January, and then I think we're... Lord willing, we're coming back again in October. But uh, I, I uh, appreciate uh, the invitation to be here this morning, Pastor, and I, I don't take that lightly. Uh, anytime we have an opportunity to share a Gideon message in a church, uh, we don't take that for granted. You don't have to do that. You don't have to give up your time for the Gideons to come in and and share that message with you. I've been doing this for, well, Sherry and I, we've been the Gideons and Auxiliary members for 50 years now. Um, Sherry, in about another month, will be 50 years. I was, was 50 years for me in December. But uh, we've uh, gone all over the country and basically all over the world sharing God's Word, and anytime we get an opportunity to present that, we're appreciative of it. Now, I don't always take for granted that everybody knows everything there is to know about the Gideon. So I'm going to give you a very brief history. And if somebody says, oh, no, here we go, history. No, no, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it light and keep it brief. But somebody, some people don't always know how that happened. You know, the Gideons were organized. The Gideons came to be because of a praying mom. Did you know that, Dana? A praying mom was the reason that the Gideons uh, came into existence. Young man uh, by the name of uh, Brother Nicholson, he was sitting on his mom's deathbed. And uh, she was a Christian lady, and John was a Christian. And, and uh, she said, son, I want you to promise me that when I die that you'll pray and read your Bible every day before you go to bed. And of course, what was he going to say? Nah, mom, I don't want to do that. No, he said, sure, I'll do that. And he kept that promise. Now, 
He was in a place called Boscobel, Wisconsin. He was a traveling man, a salesman of goods, so to speak. And he stayed in a hotel there in Boscobel, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, as, the, as was the manner in those days, if a hotel was kind of overbooked and you had an extra bed in your room, they came knocking on your door and said, hey, we've got somebody else here that uh, needs a room. Uh, you've got an extra bed. Would you care if they shared the room for the night? That was the custom of the day. Now imagine being down at Holiday Inn Express or the Hampton Inn. You get a knock on the door at 2 a.m. and you say, hey, we've got this family of five out there that wants to move in with you tonight. Well, but that's the way they did it back then. And this guy's name was Samuel Hill. And uh, Brother Nicholson was getting ready to have his evening devotions. And Brother Hill, also being a Christian, uh, said, can I join you in those devotions? And he said, sure. And so they met and they prayed and they read the Bible together. And that night, God planted the seeds in their mind to, uh, to form this association called the Gideons. And uh, they were formed by way back and they met in 1898. They were officially formed in 1899. And uh, at that time, they were just a group of traveling men who spread God's word by personal testimony and for meeting together for fellowship. And that was because of that praying mom. Moms are important, aren't they? And uh, that was because of that praying mom. And then in 1908, this is where the church comes in. A group of pastors got together and they had heard about the Gideons and knew that they were traveling men and went out. And they said, hey, if you guys will place Bibles in hotels when you're around, we'll provide the money. We'll take up the funds and, and pay for those Bibles if you guys will place them. Well, the Gideons thought that was a great idea. So the first 25 Bibles were placed in 1908 in a place called the Superior Hotel in Iron Mountain, Montana. Now, my wife and I and Andy and his sister, we were driving across Montana when they were just uh, kids. We pulled a camper all over the country and all over Canada uh, in the summer. I was a school teacher, so I was basically unemployed in the summertime. So, uh, so we, we went and we camped a lot. And uh, we, uh, we, we didn't have any money to spend on anything other than gasoline. So we ate peanut butter and, and whatever was, was in season. But uh, we were driving through Montana and I'm going, wow, uh, we need to stop by this Iron Mountain, Montana. Well, there was no sign to Iron Mountain, Montana, but there was a sign that said Superior, Montana. So I thought, no, Iron Mountain, Montana. Couldn't even find it on the map. That was pre-GPS days, by the way. And uh, we were navigating by uh, Atlas, and the little lady that was navigating by the Atlas wasn't nearly as friendly as the one that's in that little machine, you know. I mean, and, and so, oh, you're there, aren't you? But anyway... Um, I thought, man, is this some myth that the Gideons have perpetuated on us? You know, well, I found out later that Iron Mountain, Montana, the name was changed to Superior, Montana. So we passed right by the road sign. I could have gone off. There's a historic marker up there. There's a historic marker in Bosco Bell, Wisconsin, if you're ever there, uh, that tells about those first scriptures and, and where the Gideons were born. Well, we've grown from that to we're in about 199 countries now around the world. We've got, if you support the Gideons, you're supporting missionaries in 199 countries. And uh, we're, we've got the Bible in about uh, 109 different languages that, uh, that we distribute on a regular basis. Now, let me tell you a little bit about our scripture distribution. 
and how we're recovering from COVID like everything else. You know, COVID really took its toll, didn't it? And uh, back in 2019, pre-COVID, uh, the Gideons, on behalf of the local church, placed 82 million copies of God's Word that year. Uh, in 2020, when the COVID shutdown came, about a third of the way through the year, uh, that year we only placed 65 million copies of God's Word. Then 2021, 30 million. And then we started coming back a little bit. In 2022, we placed 45 million. Last year, we placed 56 million. This year, we're projected to place about 75 million copies of God's Word. So as COVID took its toll on everything else, it also took its toll on the Gideon ministry. So uh, we've been working our way back to that. But what I like about the Gideons, we have the same objective now that we, they had back in 1899, and that's to win men and women, boys and girls, to Jesus. And we do that through personal testimony, through the distribution of God's Word or portions thereof in the traffic lanes of life, and we do that by the association together for service to go out and uh, tell folks that. To date, worldwide, since 1908, we've placed on behalf of the local church about 2.6 billion copies of God's Word. That's amazing, isn't it? That's almost as many as McDonald's, isn't it? But we've placed 2.6 billion copies of God's Word in the traffic lanes of life. This little copy here was one that uh, copied just like this. Back in 1988, I had the privilege to go to the country of India on behalf of the Gideons. Back in those days, we called them extension action programs. And a group of Gideons got together and we paid our own way, paid our own expenses to go. Uh, it took us a while to pay that trip back, but that was a long trip. But we went, we went to uh, the country of India, and we were there for about 16 days, and we had the privilege of placing over 335,000 copies of God's Word in those 16 days. We placed them in hospitals. Uh, we placed them in uh, hotels. We placed them in schools. I even got to visit a leper's colony, and I'll tell you a little bit about that in a minute. But we placed those in schools, and back then in India, pray for the country of India. When we went there in 1988, the doors were wide open. Now, not so much. Now, not so much. But the uh, India, primarily a Hindu nation, and uh, we. But the doors were wide open. We'd go into a classroom, a school. Not only did they allow us to place out, play, uh, distribute copies of God's word, but they wanted us to tell the kids about Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? And uh, in a classroom today, some of you who are teachers or have been teachers know today that if you've got more than about 25 kids in a classroom, you're going, oh my, what am I going to do with all these kids? Well, in a classroom over there that we would have about 20, 25 kids in, they had about 75 to 100 kids in it. And they were shoulder to shoulder at the desks. And you would walk in that room and they would all snap to attention. They'd stand up, good morning, sir. Good afternoon, sir. And you thought, I wonder why they're so polite. But then you looked at the teacher's desk, and there's a rod about that long laying on the teacher's desk, and you knew why the kids were so polite, you know. But, uh, but we were able to present those testaments to those kids and had a great time. This little testament back in the day cost about 40 cents. 40 cents, place that. Today... Uh, the average cost of a, a Bible or Testament worldwide is about $1.50. Uh, that's from the hotel Bibles are like five bucks a piece, but 
than the foreign testaments. They're they're cheaper because we get them. They're they're printed cheaper, and then the personal workers testament. It costs about a dollar fifty or so for uh, on on average. Well, this school I remember vividly. Went to this school, and it was a, a boys' school. They had about twenty five hundred boys in it. About 2,500 boys. And uh, we went to this school, and uh, they called them together on an assembly field. And we were there in October, and it was hot. They said it was a cool, dry season. It was hot, and it was muggy. And uh, these kids stood out there in that hot sun at attention while we told them about Jesus. Now, they also used an interpreter. These kids, most of them spoke English, but they didn't speak West Virginia English. They spoke the King's English. So we spoke through an interpreter usually where we went. But those young men stood out there on that field, and we were able to go through and give each one of these kids a copy of God's Word. Amen. Give them each a copy of God's Word. Now, a few weeks later, they get to, the local Gideons get a letter from one of those boys at that school. And this is a copy of that letter right there. Now, it's written in Tamil, okay? So if you read Tamil, uh, you know, you can read this, but they, they, the local Gideons translated it in English so we could see it too. And I want to read you this letter from one of these boys and tell you a little bit of story as to how God's Word... See, Isaiah 55, 11, what's it tell us? God's Word won't return void. Amen. Anytime God's Word goes forth, it's not going to return void. And so this young man, he writes this letter to the local Gideon camp. He says, I am a Hindu, but I am attracted by Christ and his teachings. Therefore, I want to learn more about him. I humbly request you give me a book about Jesus. Of course, we gave him the greatest book, didn't we? He says, I am studying in standard 10. That would be 10th grade. As far as I have understood, I can assert that none can find anywhere a God like Jesus nor a religion like his. Boy, that'll preach, won't it? Nobody like Jesus, is there? Nobody. So there's an inner desire in me kindled for him. My feelings are toward him. I am one who loves your God and your religion. Signed, P. Chelador from the Thunder and Patu village. Well, uh, young uh, uh, one of our Gideon friends, his name was Job Daniel. And uh, he took a Christian name after he got saved. And Job and some of the, uh, uh, another Gideon from his local camp went to visit this family. And this young man had a mom and a dad and five brothers and sisters. And they sat there that night and took this 40 cent testament that you folks provided to go over there and uh, led that whole family to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, God's word won't return void. Won't return void. On that same trip, on that same trip, we, we went to schools and we were out in what they called the uh, what they called the bush. And I'm going to get try to get you out here in time to beat the Presbyterians to the restaurant today. But anyway, we uh, uh, we went to this school uh, way out in the bush. And before I went, a lot of the Gideons told me. They said it had been on these trips, said sometimes we run out of Bibles and we don't have enough for the kids. Said we've gotten down to the point where we've torn pages out of the Bible to give each kid a copy. And I prayed before I went. I said, God, I don't think I could do that. I think it'd be just like ripping my heart out. I mean, not to have a Bible for all those kids. So we pulled up to this last school. 
It was me and a Gideon from Australia by the name of Jeff Bradford and our Indian Gideon that was with us that had a name about that long and I won't try it because I will butcher it. But uh, we got there and I knew what we had in the car. We had one case, little case of testaments like these and each case contained a hundred testaments. And so we pulled up in front of this hedgerow and they said, well, here we are. And I said, well, where's the school? He said, on the other side of that hedgerow. So I walked over and I looked over that hedgerow and here's a multitude of kids sitting in the grass under the shade of a coconut palm tree. No building. That was their school. And so I knew there were more kids than we had Bibles. And I said, oh, man. So Jeff and the Indian Gideon and I set that little box of testaments there on the dusty ground and we joined hands around those testaments and I prayed a prayer that went something like this. I said, God, as you multiplied the fish and the loaves, would you multiply these testaments that each child will receive a copy? And we went in and we told the kids about Jesus and we made the distribution and every kid received a copy and there were four left over. Well, some of you skeptics are going to say, hey, there weren't as many kids there as you thought or you had more Bible. Well, let me finish my story. I asked the headmaster. That's what they call principals over there. I was a school principal. When I went back home, I tried to get him to call me headmaster. It didn't work. But anyway, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, Mr. Headmaster, I said, do you have any students absent today? He said, yeah. And he looked at his list and he said, we have four absent. I got to tell you, this old bald head Gideon lost his dignity for just a little bit. And I was on shouting ground. Isn't God good? We also had an opportunity to go to a leper's colony. We pulled up in front of this fine looking building and I said, what is this, a college? Oh no, that's a leper's colony. I said, oh boy, if I come home with leprosy, sure, he's going to like that, you know. <laughs> so uh, we went into this leper's colony. We went bedside to bedside and people were there and fingers were gone, and pieces of their nose and ears were gone. But we would give them one of these testaments, and they would, with the stubs of their hands, take that testament and draw it to their chest. And I'm just as convinced as I'm standing here in Florida today that uh, one of these days we're going to see one of those lepers in heaven because some church gave that 40 cents to buy that testament so they too could come to know God. You know, uh, we uh, have testaments not only from India, we have them from the United States of America, we have them from right down the road. Uh, uh, Sister Dana talked about God hearing prayers. And I, I want to share just one more testimony with you of a guy by the name of uh, Dale Watson. And I met Dale a number of years ago. And Dale was an alcoholic, hopeless alcoholic. He was a traveling salesman, if you will. And, and uh, he uh, uh, lost his family. Uh, had to, you know, his wife said, you know, we, we can't take this. Uh, you're not going to do that. Uh, he said, so I, I went to some AA meetings and, and you know, got off the booze. And he says, I got my family back. And he said, I, I'd lost my job. So he said, I got another job. And I was traveling out on the road. And he said, I would go to these hotels. And he says, there in that hotel was a Bible just like this one placed by the Guineans. 
And he said, Jerry, I've got to be honest with you. He said, it made me angry because I didn't want to have anything to do with God. And he said, the first one of these hotels I went to, I took, it was raining. I took your Bible and I threw it out in the parking lot because I didn't want anything to do with God's word. He said, I was angry. He said, but that night I did something that I'd never done before. I said a prayer. He said, I, I didn't like God, didn't want to go into church. He said, my mom was a Christian lady, but I didn't want anything to do with it. And he said, it wasn't even a nice prayer. It was a prayer that went something like this. God, if there is a God out there anywhere, you're just going to have to, if there's some reason I'm not supposed to kill myself, which was his plan on the way to see his mom, he said, um, you're just going to have to show me. So he drove down from Stewart, Virginia to Mayport, Florida, and uh, wanted, to, wanted to see his mom one more time. And he got there on a Sunday morning. His mom says, Dale, honey, why don't you go to church with me this morning? He said, no, I don't want to do that. He said, uh, uh, I'm going fishing this morning, but I, want to, I need to talk to you. He had planned to take his life on his way home. He was in a little VW Beetle, and he was going to pull over in front of a tractor trailer and end it all. But he had prayed that angry prayer. God, if there's some reason for me to live, you're just going to have to show me. Now, God was under no obligation to answer that prayer. None. That morning he went fishing, and God used him to miraculously save a guy from drowning. <laughs> and he thought, hmm, maybe there is a God out there. So he decided to postpone his suicide attempt. So he went back and... And uh, he was still driving, traveling on the road and going to hotels. And every time he went there, he said, there was a Bible placed there by the Gideons. He said, I didn't throw any more in the parking lot, but he said, I put them between the mattress and the box springs in the drawer anywhere I could. He said, I didn't want anything to do with it. He says, about this time, I was involved in a very serious automobile accident. And he said, I was confined to the hospital for a number of weeks. He says, when I was in my recovery, he said, I was looking for something to read, anything. Better Homes and Gardens, Family Circle, National Geographic, anything. He said, there was nothing to be found except a Bible placed there by the Gideons on behalf of the local church. And he said, Brother Jerry, I began reading through that Bible. And you know what I found in there? He said, I found Jesus. And, he, and Dale Watson was miraculously saved, but the story doesn't end there. Guess what? God called him to preach. And he became Pastor Dale Watson. He's led hundreds of people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We say, well, how can I be a part of this ministry that has but one objective, and that's to lead men and women, boys and girls to Christ? Well, first of all, you can pray for us. Stick us on your prayer list. We've got Gideons in foreign countries today that are operating under the fear of death, really. We've got Gideons that have to have their week. I had the privilege to go to their weekly prayer meeting last week uh, down at Mel's Diner, great place to eat and a great place for a weekly prayer meeting. And a uh, matter of fact, I've been back, had lunch there. But anyway, uh, we, uh, they meet there. But some of these Gideons in some of these countries have to meet in a car because it's illegal for them to meet in a group. And they drive around, they take turns praying. We've got Gideons who are in jail right now in other countries because they gave away a copy of God's Word. So pray for us. Pray for our Gideons in these countries around the world. 
Secondly, just like Uncle Sam could always use a few good men, the Gideons are always looking for a few good men. If you're a Christian business professional man, one that loves the Lord that can get a recommendation from this pastor, uh, then you qualify for membership in Gideons International. And this local camp would love to have you. Third, we have something called the Gideon Card Program. And I just look back and I see just a beautiful rack back there on that table that they provided for the church. The churches don't even buy these cards. The Gideons pay for this out of their pocketbook. But these cards can be dedicated in memory of a loved one who's gone on, in honor of a special occasion. One of my old-time Gideon buddies, when I celebrated my 50th anniversary, and the Gideons dedicated 50 Bibles in my honor. Wow. My mom and dad, they both passed. They were active in the Gideon ministry, and there were hundreds of Bibles dedicated in their honor. $5 a piece. You can put a Bible just like this in a hotel or a motel. And uh, it'll last about seven years before it's stolen or before it's damaged. And we come by and we replace them. We check them every year, make sure they're in good shape. And during that seven-year period, they had the reasonable potential of being exposed to 2,300 people. And that's quite an investment. That's quite a return on a $5 investment. But all you got to do is pull one of these cards out. There's an assortment of cards. Send this card to whoever you're wanting to honor or memorialize. And then there's an envelope that looks like that right there. And you can put your check for whatever amount you've decided to donate in there and mail it to the Gideons. And uh, guess what? They'll place those Bibles in honor of or memory of that person. Great way. Great way to honor people. Great way to honor people. Then we have something called the... Uh, uh, Friends of Gideons program. You can go online, type in friendsofgideons.org. You can join that if you want to and, and keep uh, uh, keep uh, uh, abreast of what's going on in the Gideons. One of the best things Gideons has ever done, and if anybody would like one of these, I'll be happy to give you one after church. Um, a few years ago, our Gideons were on a college campus, and uh, they gave a little college testament. It was green, but it looked like this one. Gave a little college testament to a young man there, and he read that testament and got saved. And this young man happened to be a computer geek. Can you imagine that? And when he uh, graduated college, he developed this Bible app and gave it to the Gideons for free, and he maintains it. And you can take this and download it as many times as you want. You can pass it on to your friends. It's got the Old and New Testament on there. It's got hundreds of different languages. It'll even read to you. So if you come across a person and maybe you don't, you know, they're uh, Romanian and you don't speak Romanian, you can share that with them. And it's got Romanian scripture verses in there that they can read or hear in their own language. And uh, this is this is a great thing. So if you'd like one of these, be sure to uh, get one of those from me on your way out and pass it on to somebody else. You can share it. And finally, you can give in what we call a Gideon love offering. And uh, I think our pastor, your pastor is going to allow you to do that here in a little bit. And uh, you can give in that love offering. And I encourage you to give generously. You say, oh, wow, give generously. That's, that's kind of brazen of you to say that. Well, let me tell you, 100% of that offering goes to purchase and play scriptures. Not a penny goes into my pocket or any other Gideon's pocket in the world. Uh, currently, 90, about 97 cents goes to buying the scripture and three cents goes to shipping it. 
you know, we haven't figured out how to get the shipping for free yet. But if somebody knows a solution, let us know. But uh, that, uh, you know, none of that goes to our administrative costs. None of it goes to the central or the uh, our national headquarters in Nashville, Tennessee. We pay dues every year to, for the privilege of being get-ins and auxiliary members, and that takes care of that administrative expense. So rest assured, when you give to the get-ins, it's going to just what it's supposed to. Not 50%, not 80%, but 100% of it's going to purchase and place those scriptures. Well, I tell you, I've taken enough of your time, but it's been great to be with, here with you. Love your church. Sherry and I will be coming back every time we're down this way, and and uh, probably as time goes by, you'll see us here maybe a little more frequently. So uh, uh, we're, um, uh, we've made arrangements to rent a place of our, uh, some of our friends. Actually, he was Andy's best man, so uh, we're going to be renting that for at least the next year when we come down. Uh, but who knows? We may buy a place down here before it's so over with. But we love your church. I want you to know we pray for your church. We mention your church. I do a daily Bible reading for our church back home, five days a week, just reading a chapter a day. And uh, Buckingham Baptist Church is on our prayer list. I want you to know that. And we pray for you guys every day. Uh, love you guys. Thank you for having us. Pastor, thank you for letting us come in and sharing this, uh, share this ministry together. And we've got some other Gideons, some visiting Gideons here this morning too. And John's a Gideon. And, and uh, so there's some other Gideons here this morning. So if you've got any questions, ask any of these guys and they'll be sure to tell you about it. God bless you. Pray for us as we pray for you as we labor together to win others to Christ. God bless you.